Hello, Purse Strings listeners. Thank you for listening to WebmasterRadio.fm's most decorated radio series. Discover the Purse Strings listening experience in a brand new way. Introducing the WebmasterRadio.fm mobile app, now available for iPhone and Android. Listen to new episodes live every week or download any of the over 200 past episodes or sample from our extensive library of radio shows that every internet marketer should check out without opening up your purse. Download the webmasterradio.fm mobile app in the iTunes store or in Google Play today. Want to become best friends with the single most powerful person in the country? Whether she's a Gucci girl, product professional, coach queen, or target trendsetter, we'll untie the purse strings and give you the inside track on today's woman. How to capture her attention, grow her loyalty, and create such enthusiasm about your company or product that she spreads the word with her friends and family. WebmasterRadio.fm presents Purse Strings. Purse strings. Join marketing to women expert Maria Retan, senior principal at Carmichael Lynch Spong, as she chats with those in the know so your business can grow. Webmaster Radio.fm presents Purse Strings. Here's your host, Maria Retan. Good afternoon. Welcome to Purse Strings. I'm Maria Retan. Thanks so much for joining me today. You can catch Purse Strings every Tuesday at 3. Each and every week, you'll learn how you and your company can corner the market on the most powerful consumer in the country. That's the 51% of us who control more than 80% of all the spending for woman. Well, first up, uh, something I was reading on NewYorkTimes.com, an article by Jane LeVere. I hope I did not butcher her name. Um, I found it interesting. I do a lot of flying, as I'm sure you do, too. And this caught my eye because it's a partnership between Delta Airlines and Food and Wine. And they've actually launched a cooking contest to identify the next chef on Delta's culinary team. Now, we are all, I think, focused on a lot of these reality TV programs, a lot of them on Food Network, whether it be Iron Iron Chef or, or whatever. Well, now Delta's kind of glommed on to that, and I think it's kind of a neat, uh, a neat thing that they're doing. They're calling it the Cabin Pressure Cook-Off, and it's going to be, it's featuring four chefs cited in Food and Wine's annual Best New Chefs program, and they're completing in three challenges that will be filmed in New York and late July, so one of them's already been filmed in early August, so happening right now. And then they're going to be distributed this fall by Delta and Food and Wine on the websites and social media channels. It's been uh, pretty interesting to, to kind of watch this unfold. Um, the chefs that are featured, and you probably don't know them, I don't know them, but who knows, you may have some, there may be some foodies listening today. Hugh Aikson, he's the chef of Empire State South in Atlanta. Linton Hopkins of Restaurant Eugene. Another, they are also chefs at other restaurants, so I'm just highlighting a few of them. Kelly English of Restaurant Irish in Memphis. And George Mendez of Aldea in New York. And all of these guys are tops. Uh, tops in the in the in the old kitchen, if you will, and they do get to win the chance to join their culinary team, which is a, a four different types of chefs already on that team, and they could be designing menus for business class passengers on transatlantic flights, according to the folks at Delta. So you're going to see these videos starting in October. Um, it's going to be on Food and Wine and Delta's in-flight magazine as part of the in-flight entertainment on Delta as well and be promoted on social, which is kind of interesting. So uh, keep your eyes out for that, and we'll see which chef reigns supreme. Our first profile today is the 
Kate Spade Shopper. She's a woman, 35 years old, mom of three, married, um, making more than 60K, uh, prefers to do online shopping, um, but also likes her retail experience. There's more than half a million of these women, um, like I said, age 35. She's very fashion aware, loves her fashion, likes to be unique, considers herself optimistic, and, of course, seeking those experiences, loving novelty and change. And, of course, she indulges her kids. When it comes to shopping, she's shopping at Macy's, Kohl's, and Nordstrom, Old Navy, Pier 1. She's driving a Volkswagen, a Toyota, a Chrysler. And she's wearing, yep, Kate Spade and Taylor um, Calvin Klein. You can intersect her at parenting magazines like Parenting, People, Vanity Fair, Cosmo, Good Housekeeping, and InStyle are also tops with her. She's watching a lot of entertainment television, uh, both on cable and TV shows. And her websites are all the usual ones that you might think, including those parenting sites like Disney.com. Well, my guest today knows a lot about women and men. She is the world expert on gender intelligence. Barbara Annis is the founder and CEO of Barbara Annis & Associates. Like I said, she's an expert on gender intelligence, inclusive leadership, and cultural intelligence. She spent the last 27 years uh, honing her skills in this space and lending her counsel to um, top Fortune 500 companies. She's the Chair Emeritus, a member of the Executive Committee of the Women's Leadership Board at Harvard Kennedy School, and was recently conferred the International Alliance for Women Lifetime Achievement Award. She's the author of many, many books on this topic. Her latest one, just released in May, entitled Work With Me, The Eight Blind Spots Between Men and Women in Business, and it was co-written with the author of Men Are From Mars, Women Are From Venus. You probably know that book from several years ago. We're going to be talking to Barbara about those eight blind spots and what we can do to fix them and why you should care. More from Purse Strings will return after the break. Okay, time for something we can all relate to. Shopping. Purse Strings will be right back after these messages from our advertisers. Ever wondered how you could have access to your own SEO expert, paid search specialist, or social media wizard? Looking for help with your affiliate, display media, or email marketing? Look no further than the folks at Fang Digital Marketing. Fang Digital specializes in both paid and organic search, social media, display, and mobile advertising solutions, and is staffed by industry veterans from Google, Yahoo, and one of the industry's most influential PPC experts. Fang Digital's award-winning staff stays on top of the latest in digital trends and offer tailored solutions so they can audit your progress and build a roadmap to your success. Learn more about their expanding range of full-service strategic marketing solutions at fangdigital.com. That's F-A-N-G, digital.com. Johnson, what's this mantis I keep hearing about? Do we need to call an exterminator? No, sir. Moby Mantis is our new SMS marketing tool. SM what? SMS, text messaging. Moby Mantis lets us communicate directly with our customers in real time. We can send promos, coupons. It even lets our customers market for us by sharing offers with their friends online. It's been great for business. Hmm, sounds expensive. Actually, I sign us up for an extended free trial. It hasn't cost us a dime. Good work, Johnson. I guess the only thing we'll be exterminating is the competition. To get your free extended trial of Moby Mantis, text RADIO to 21691. That's RADIO to 21691 for Moby Mantis. 
If you're constantly struggling to find more customers, revenue, or hours in the day, Infusionsoft can help you have the business you've always wanted. For over 10 years, Infusionsoft has been helping business owners just like you find the financial freedom and peace of mind you've been searching for. I'm Scott Martineau, co-founder of Infusionsoft. If you're struggling to find more customers, more revenue, or more hours in the day, Infusionsoft is the proven solution you're looking for. Infusionsoft, the only all-in-one sales and marketing software created specifically for small businesses. Learn more at www.infusionsoft.com slash radio. Welcome to the Cyber Law and Business Report, your home for the latest on Internet law and policy. From Capitol Hill to the White House, the Courthouse to the State House, the FTC to the State Attorney General, the Cyber Law and Business Report, on demand anytime inside the Culture and Business Channel, only on webmasterradio.fm. Her Strings is back with the inside track on Today's Woman. Here's your host, Maria Retan. My guest today is Barbara Annis, founder and CEO of Barbara Annis and Associates. She is a world-renowned expert on gender intelligence, inclusive leadership, and cultural intelligence. She's also the author of many books. Her first book, Same Words, Different Language, then followed by Leadership in the Sexes, and then just this May, her book, Work With Me, The Eight Blind Spots Between Men and Women in Business, was actually written with John Gray. You may know Don from Men Are From Mars, Women Are From Venus, uh, made a lot of uh, news when it first came out, and um, I'm thrilled to have Barbara on the show today. Barbara, welcome. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. Well, uh, you know, you are, you're really known as a thought leader in kind of the gender intelligence realm. But before we jump into the details um, of your latest book, let's make sure everyone is working with the same definition. When we talk about gender intelligence, please do give me your definition, considering you're the one that came up with the phrase back in the early sure. 90s. Sure. Yeah, so, uh, you know, having uh, been doing this work since the late 80s, you know, where we were focused on gender equality and the advancement of women, it became very women-focused versus men and women-focused. And the whole concept of gender intelligence is really to bring, bring men into the conversation and also, you know, the indisputable evidence around science that is now present in front of us um, that really shows that the hardwiring differences between men and women are not only important to understand, but actually to capitalize on, because uh, it really is about moving, you know, from great minds think alike to great minds think unalike, and what that unalikeness can benefit and how we work together. Well, and I know your books have, have really taken a look at that. You know, the same words, different language, for example, leadership in the sexes. But, but this latest book, you did collaborate with John Gray. Tell me a little bit about about why you chose him uh, to collaborate ah. with. Okay, great question. So we were introduced by you know a mutual friend of ours who's a brilliant thought leader in, in his own rights, um, and he kind of saw this possibility, you know, of John and I. John has been working very much in the private, you know, personal relationship kind of space for for probably the same amount of years that I've been working on the business side of it, uh, in terms of the workplace and leadership and so on. So he thought that, you know, having that two paradigms kind of merge together and really say, okay, how do these gender differences play out in our, at work and at home uh, collectively as thought leaders? And that's kind of how we embarked on a, actually a very collaborative kind of process around, uh, you know, our own research. And, of course, 
we've researched over 240,000 men and women asking them the same questions and we see these deviations you know between how men and women are viewing the world of work um, so we brought that into the book as well mm-hmm. well and it, it your work is based on what you say is evidence that men and women's brains are inherently different gender is biologically determined but I you know I there has been this whole battle over nature versus nurture and I, I'm just curious can the balance change over time meaning can the influence of family culture education um, yeah really change that balance over time and, and could we change our kind of our gender if you will through right. just the sheer awareness of what we can do to adapt to change yeah uh, great question, uh, and and it's it's kind of a yes and a no answer. So let me uh, visit this. So first of all, we want to say that there's a bell curve in everything, right? So, you know, there are women. For example, if you look at intuitive versus factual, right? Are, we we say that men tend to be more factual, women tend to be more intuitive. But there's also the other way. There are women that have greater propensity of being more factual and men being more intuitive. So it is a bell curve. What we're really talking about are the norms, right? But back to your question in terms of, you know, can this change? And we see that in society, a lot of things have changed, you know, in terms of our, you know, socialization, in terms of how even younger men are much more what I would call gender aware, right, mm-hmm, versus mm-hmm. women. So that would be one piece. Um, and the other one is, uh, is around um, whether the biological differences uh, change. And neuroscientists who I talk to a lot uh, Say it would probably take another 500 years to look at that because the evolution of the brain has been going on for for, for a very long time. Yeah, exactly. Um, but can we uh, kind of nurture ourselves to being being more aware? Absolutely. As long as we don't deny the fact that there are these differences, and and we can't, you know, if I, you know, I have, you know, I have seven children, right? So I have four of my own plus three bonus children, and I have five boys and two girls, right? And I, I, I parent the boys quite differently because I'm aware that the way that they de-stress and the way that they deal with, with issues or conflicts is quite different than how my daughters deal with it. And, and I honor that difference in terms of getting to resolution and creating a clean slate, right? So mm-hmm. um, does that answer your question? It does. It does. I was distracted for a minute thinking what you might be like as a mother. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. You know, well, I, you, you actually, it's a like good question. Highly, highly yeah. conscious, the mom, I would think. <laughs> I, I live it every day, right? Live it every day. Um, but what's interesting to me, you know, when I, my firstborn son, uh, Christian, and my second, actually, Stefan, they both were diagnosed, I would say misdiagnosed with attention deficit disorder, right? And, and, and when I, and I did all the right things, all the right treatments and medication, all that stuff, right? And then when I, when I kind of stumble across the gender science, I realized that they learn differently, mm-hmm. right? And most of the, if not all the teach, teachers were women. And they were kind of mis- misdiagnosing boys in terms of how they learn because they, they, boys and men tend to zone out, tend to kind of think, tend to be more physically active, kinesthetically, et cetera, right? And that is viewed as a distraction. You know, my son was asked to stand up because he would tip his chair or, or tip his, to, you know, his toes or dabble a pen or something. He was then to stand up in the classroom for the whole day if he continued that behavior, hmm. right? And it's just a misinterpretation in terms of how 
boys and girls learn. So there's a lot to learn in this space. Do you think that's still happening today, Barbara? Do you feel yeah. like that kids are still being misdiagnosed just bit by kind of our sheer ignorance of the differences between the genders? Yes. yes. And I mean, that's just I think bad. there's a lift happening in school and really understanding this mm-hmm. and looking at the diversity of learning and so on uh, and cre- creating more of a blended strategy in terms of how you teach. But I still think it's happening absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And G- Michael Gurian, who co-authored Leadership in the Sexes with me, is doing a lot of work in that area in really teaching teachers through his Gurian Institute and in being gender intelligent in terms of how they teach. Mm-hmm. Well, from the classroom to business, your latest book really looks at what you're calling the eight blind spots between men and women. And, um, you know, I, I think from the time we're born to the time, you know, we get into the business community, there definitely are differences between men and women. We become even more aware of them as we mature. Uh, but, but you are looking at what you're calling blind spots, and right. you actually debunk those uh, basically saying that it's the result of misunderstanding and miscommunication. Now, I don't expect you to walk us through all eight, because, of course, we want people to buy the book, but do you want to give us a hint into some of those blind spots? Sure, sure. I mean, so we asked men and women the same questions, and they came up with quite different answers. So, for example, uh, an example, which is, do, do men appreciate women? And the men say, well, of course I do. I have the best of intentions. I want to be respectful and inclusive. And, uh, you know, majority of women will say, well, uh, I actually don't experience that level of appreciation. And the reason being is that what women value, uh, women value more feedback, even if they're doing a good job. And often men will say, well, you're doing a good job, so I'll let you know if, if it's broken kind of thing, right? I don't have to. So that kind of feedback, they value more uh, dialogue, you know, around the job as well. And it's important to be aware of that because the number one reason why women leave is because they don't feel valued. And we Mm -hmm. often assume that it's work-life balance reasons because that's what women tend to say when they leave because they don't want to burn any bridges. But it really is this piece, do I really, am I a part of the team and am I a valued contributing member of that team? So that's probably a big aha for uh, men in in this sense. The the other one for more, which is a big aha for women, is um, do men feel comfortable... uh, giving sensitive feedback to women. We say, do men feel they have to walk on eggshells, right? And the majority of men say, yes, I do. And the majority of women say, of course they don't. They're comfortable. They don't have a problem in that area. And it's a big aha moment for women Mm. to really see that when it comes to really giving that kind of, you should really fix these two things kind of thing, men are more hesitant and they're much more comfortable in giving that feedback to uh, men versus women. Interesting. I know um, personally I've always said, and I leave organizations because I don't, it's at the point where I maybe don't feel challenged or don't feel valued. So to hear you actually beam that back is really interesting. Yeah. Clearly that may be a gender issue than a personal issue. It sounds well, like. here's the thing. This is really key what you're saying. Because, I mean, I don't know, I've spoken to so many, I mean, 8,000 workshops, as you can imagine, all over the world, right? Uh, but I hear that, you know, I mean, I was even in Silicon Valley recently with a large audience, 350 men and women, and I picked up uh, one woman at the table, working at the table, and, and I gave this research, and this woman, she said, oh, I thought it was me. I thought I was going crazy. Mm-hmm. And I walked up to her, and I said, would it be okay if I just said that to the whole group when we debrief? Would you be willing? 
And she said, she was a little comfortable, and then she thought, she said, absolutely, sure, I'll do it. Mm-hmm. She was head of legal counsel, right? So she was the top woman, one of the two <laughs> top women in this technology firm, right? Uh, so, you know, once you have the aha moment to really understand that, you can do something about it. But when you don't have it, we tend to pers- personalize and think it's our own issue when it really is a cultural norm that has been created in business. Mm-hmm. that makes sense? It does, and it's so insightful. That's a, that's a huge aha for me, yep. Barbara, very much of an aha. And I'm, I'm glad, and yet not, that others experience Yeah, exactly. Too, it, it, it's great to have, and it's also an awareness that there's more work to do, right? It, much, much, much more work to do. Yep. Uh, we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, I, I do want to look at how potentially we could do some of that work and fix some of those blind spots. Sure. So more from Barbara Annis when we return after the break. Okay, time for something we can all relate to. Shopping. Her Strings will be right back after these messages from our advertisers. If you're constantly struggling to find more customers, revenue, or hours in the day, Infusionsoft can help you have the business you've always wanted. For over 10 years, Infusionsoft has been helping business owners just like you find the financial freedom and peace of mind you've been searching for. I'm Scott Martineau, co-founder of Infusionsoft. If you're struggling to find more customers, more revenue, or more hours in the day, Infusionsoft is the proven solution you're looking for. Infusionsoft, the only all-in-one sales and marketing software created specifically for small businesses. Learn more at www.infusionsoft.com slash radio. I'm John Ball, and I'm one of the founders of Page One Power. Page One Power is a custom link building firm based in Boise, Idaho. We increase search rankings and web traffic for world-class brands and mom-and-pop shops all around the globe. Our link building strategies work because we focus on relevancy and quality, and we don't outsource anything. Our in-house staff of professional writers and researchers is the best in the industry. We're the link builders you've been looking for. Visit us today at pageonepower.com. Let's go inside the WebmasterRadio.fm production studio, where the production team is stitching up podcasts to load up into the WebmasterRadio.fm Stitcher channel. Rock on, Laurie, and rock the world with LinkedIn. Welcome to Domain Masters, a show where you learn to be the master of your domain. Yeah, I want to welcome you to this edition of the SEO Rockstars. Hi, this is Bennett Kelly, and you're listening to the Cyber Law and Business Report. And welcome to CEO Coach. Listen to all of your favorite WebmasterRadio.fm podcasts without downloading. Only on the WebmasterRadio.fm Stitcher channel. Just click on the Stitcher banner on our website. It's time to get fired up. Fired Up is a show that delivers both business impact and social importance. Our host, Gordon Rudell, will share ideas on how to create higher returns on your communication investments by engaging the people who matter most. Fired Up with Gordon Rudell, on demand anytime, inside the Culture and Business Channel, only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Her Strings is back with the inside track on Today's Woman. Here's your host, Maria Retan. I've been chatting today with Barbara Annis, founder and CEO of Barbara Annis and Associates. Barbara is a world-renowned expert on gender intelligence, inclusive leadership, and cultural intelligence. She's also the author of, of many well-received books. And her latest one just came out in May. It's entitled Work With Me, The Eight Blind Spots Between Men and Women 
in business, and it was co-written with John Gray. And you know John's name because he's the author of Men Are From Mars, Women Are From Venus. And we've been talking uh, about those eight blind spots, and we got through a couple of those. And, you know, I think that, um, you know, we should kind of look at if we can become aware of what the blind spots are, right, we can be more intuitive uh, to and become more gender aware, which is the whole point of all of this, right, gender intelligence. I'm I'm curious if you, because you do this all the time, you consult with companies on how to become more gender aware. What is the impotence for companies to become more gender intelligent? Does it improve their bottom line? I have to imagine that it would because it would make them a more viable place to work for many, many talented women and men. Yes. Yeah, so there's some interesting motivators uh, here. I think historically the motivator was, you know, the big question, which is why haven't we made progress at the senior level, right, in terms of the percentage. We've been at this gender equality conversation for 40 years, and yet when you look at the very top, we're in a very, very small percentage of women. So that's one reason. But I've seen a shift in this, and, and the shift is we want to be a gender intelligent company. So if you look at companies like American Express or Deloitte, you know, as an example, you know, they, they had different motivators. Deloitte, motivator was the fact that they couldn't retain women. They were recruiting, you know, between 55 to 62 female, this is the accounting side of Deloitte, women, and yet they had a 27% turnover within five years versus men 10% turnover. So it really, you know, it cost them $190 million in the U.S. and 40 in Canada just in turnover costs. That was their awakening. Like, why was Yeah, and that? that's a big number. That's a big number to awake to, for sure. But, you know, I mean, that surely will wake one up, you know, regardless mm-hmm. of how asleep we might be about it, right? So, And they mm-hmm. really took it on uh, very seriously and, and did a lot of work and, and dispelled some common myths. And one was that they thought that women were leaving to go home, which wasn't the case. It was 2% of the women, right? Mm-hmm. They thought women were leaving because of work-life balance. It was only 8% of the women who did that once, when they did the research, right, the post-exit injuries, et cetera. And they found that the overriding were two factors. One was not feeling valued, as I've just spoken about, and the other one is really not seeing their future progression, you know, as how they advanced, you know, equal of men kind of thing, right? So there was two factors for them. I remember best, very different story. They really wanted to be a pioneer in, in the industry around gender intelligence because they saw the, the benefit of really, you know, their consumer base and their merchants and business owners, that growth of literally explosion of women business owners and how they weren't capitalizing on that market, right? And, and also really, even though they had the best numbers in women in senior management, Ken Cheneau is the CEO there, African-American, first African-American CEO, really said to me, you know, yes, but we want to be better, which I love. I mean, I love the fact that, you know, this is glass half full conversation versus glass half empty, right? But those are, tend to be the two motivators, you know, is we're losing more women, really, really the top talent, the keepers, you know, the ones we don't want to lose. Or, you know, we're, we have some blind spots in, in our, in our um, markets and how we go to market. Mm-hmm. And well, and clearly, you know. Beneficial. Uh-huh. I mean, there is a huge ROI, and the business case is so compelling today that when you have greater gender balance, you know, and your gender intelligence, not trying to treat women like men, right, uh-huh. but bring that different thinking to the table, you, put, you problem solve better, you're more innovative, and much more strategic in how you go to market in a gender-inclusive way. Mm-hmm. Well, and that ends up paying off in the bottom line, exactly. right? 
Exactly, which is another reason why you want to apply gender intelligence to your organization. Well, I mean, Deloitte is a perfect case study because they were able to reduce their turnover to 11%, right? Mm-hmm. So you could even imagine, you know, well, you know, the motivator that that is, that they were able to do that, right? Mm-hmm. Well, so clearly, case in point with Deloitte, they were able to fix, A, I, they knew they had an issue, they proactively sought um, some counsel with that. They wanted to fix those blind spots. They clearly fixed them because they were able to retain those top women. But can they be fixed one way? And by that I mean, do both men and women need to be aware of these blind spots in order for them to be effectively fixed? Or is it okay for a company to say, we have this blind spot, let's go fix it, and then along the way kind of bring our employees along? Does, does that question make sense? Yes. I mean, I, I think that there's a big blind spot in organizations today that they think that to fix the, you know, the gender challenge or whatever you want to call it, whether it's advancing more women, that they just need to focus on women. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I think, you know, maybe when we first started, that was a good idea, but I think that conversation is, is over. It really is an inclusive conversation because if you don't bring men into it, um, you know, we, we have a kind of a one-sided learning, right? We're putting the onus on women to fix the problem, right? Uh, which, you know, it, it really is a people issue and a cultural issue and we need to bring the men in. But one thing that I must say is that men have the best of intentions, right? So if you draw a line on a piece of paper and you put intentions underneath and behavior on top of the line, you know, they have the best of intentions and they think that, uh, they're congruent with the behavior. So sometimes it's just as simple as really providing some aha moments saying, really, that's how it lands for them? I had no idea. That's mm-hmm. easy to fix, mm-hmm. right? So definitely it is an inclusive bringing men in, and that's why John and I wrote this book in a very gender-balanced way and why the other books that I've written have always said, okay, what about men, what about women, to really make sure that balance is there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And and I'm sure, I mean, this goes without saying, that if you can apply those in the workplace, you can apply these same kinds of of uh, gender intelligence applications in your personal life as well. Exactly. I mean, this is the thing. I mean, there's another wonderful statistic uh, in the uh, book that, that asked about, you know, do, do women want men to change, right? Mm-hmm. And it's so interesting to he- see that, you know, 82%, no, sorry, 93% of uh, women want men to change, right? Uh, and and the reason being is that they think they misinterpret the gender differences, right? And we do that in our personal lives too. Often we say, you know, I always I have a girlfriend who just got in a new relationship and she said to me, oh, he's so much like me. I just love him. And I went, uh-oh, be careful. This is careful, you know, because oh, he's, he's in the romantic phase. He's trying to... Mm-hmm. Everything that he she wants, everything, <laughs> right. whatever it is, he'll go for it. And then as soon as they're out of the romantic phase, he's going to kind of, you know, bring his own authenticity a little more, you know, in terms of what mm-hmm. his needs are and he needs space, you know, all of that stuff, right? And then she'll start getting worried about, oh, I thought he was like this, but now he's like that, right? So mm-hmm. I really think that if we could just honor those differences and give space to those, right, um, we will improve in every area of our lives. Mm-hmm. Yes, and and we all need improvement. Whether you're a man or a woman, we can all we can all bear some improvement. I'm yeah. sure. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, you talked about Deloitte understanding that they had an issue, but can you talk a little bit about 
women who may be in an organization that hasn't quite understood that it, it has an issue, but maybe women have become more aware of gender intelligence. Mm-hmm. Is that enough for her to employ kind of some of those fixes of the blind spots and advance her own career so maybe she can hang in there for a little bit longer? Yep. It helps. It helps. Mm-hmm. But I have to tell you, I mean, we just rolled out um, a whole series of what we call women in the pipeline and at the top for one of the largest Canadian banks. And and so, you know, all of these hundreds and hundreds of women went through it and had huge, I mean, they just had huge aha moments. And, and but, but every single session they went, we need to get the man. Where are the men? We, there needs to be a, you know, collaborative, inclusive conversation to bring the men into this conversation. But they did get tremendous insights and they did see that, you know, some of them, uh, their bosses were male and they did see that, how he managed them, they misinterpreted, right? Mm-hmm. They thought he didn't care, you know, mm-hmm. all of that stuff, right? Uh, and they realized he did care. He just communicated in a different way, right? So, mm-hmm. so yes. So, yes, there is, is learning for women, and it is important to also understand that we need to bring men into the uh, conversation. Mm-hmm. And the great thing about it is that it's, it's so easy, and, and I don't think as women we might be aware of that, of how much men want to learn about this. They really do, right? Mm-hmm. They're managing people, and they want to know how to be effective in this mm-hmm. area. Right, because it has to be frustrating for them, you know, because they're reading the signs, our signs, differently. And it, yeah. I'm sure it has to be frustrating and confusing, and, and especially when they're seeing really smart, talented women leave, and they think they know the reasons only to find out that, that no, it's just been these huge miscommunications that have happened. Um, you know, I, I'll give you an example just really recent, but this is an investment banker, a great guy, uh, Giuliano, his name was, and a top, top producer for many, many years within this investment bank. And he stood up in the workshop and he said, you know, I hire women. I go out there and I make sure, you know, that we have equal representation of women. and We get them in as financial advisors or analysts or something, right? And he said, and then two years, they stand in front of my office and say they're leaving. And I have no clue why. Hmm. And I said, yeah, you wouldn't have any clue. <laughs> you would have no clue because you, you can't, you know, the, the, the next step for you is to have the ability to stand in her shoes. And mm-hmm. by the way, two years in, she's not even going to tell you the truth or they're not even going to tell you the truth. They're, gonna, they're not going to say it sucks to work here or I can't mm-hmm. work for you, right? They're going to come up with some personal reason as to why they're leaving, so there's no learning from you, right? right? And he was great. He was so generous in terms of how he listened. He said, well, that's why I'm here. That's why I want to learn. Mm-hmm. I want to understand this, right? So I think it's really important because, you know, when you think about when we ask men, what are the challenges you face working with women, the themes that they say, which is in same words, different language, are so consistent around the world and around industries. And number one is that they're actually confused. They actually mm-hmm. don't know. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. how can I be the most effective, right? I know it's different. I don't know what's different, but I can see it, right? <laughs> you know, how do, I, how do I really support and empower her, right? And the other one is they feel they have to be more careful, and they feel blamed for this conversation, right? Mm. We have been, how we have been framing this in the past, you know, when we use male-dominated paradigm and, you know, all of that stuff, kind of is a little bit of a sort of a touch of blame in the conversation, right? 
Well, of course, they have to take some blame, right? They they have these women who are leaving. They don't know why. They have to imagine that they aren't supporting them in some way, but because they're not getting real insight, they don't know how to course correct. I, I can't even no, imagine. I, I agree with you wholeheartedly. They don't know what they don't know, right? And right. then there's some blind spots for women as well that are misinterpreting, you know, men's actions Just and men's exactly. behavior. But what's really fascinating to me is that in the younger companies, you know, and I won't mention the names, but you know them, like the technology companies mm-hmm. that we revere and we think they're so, in, which they are, very innovative and leading edge and so on, they, they're ending up having even more gender issues, you know, inside <laughs> the belly of these young companies that we thought used to be just the old traditional IBMs and American Express and Joy right. companies, women, been around for 200 years kind of thing. So this and it's not. Thing, it's across you know, the board, right? We're we're having issues across all generations. It sounds yeah. like, yeah. So yeah. we just have yeah. to fix this these fundamental, as you say, blind spots that are keeping us from having a true understanding of each other and and therefore empowering each other to do our best in the in the workplace. It sounds like. Yeah. yeah. Um, you've got another book coming out, Gender Intelligence, co-authored with Doc, um, Dr. Keith Marin. Um, yeah. Tell us a little bit about that one and when we should expect that one to come out. So it's coming out next spring, and we're right in the middle of the manuscript right now. Uh, so this is really about the legacy of the work, right? So it really is to empower organizations with the, I would say, cracking the code on gender intelligence. You know, what, what do we need to do? Where is the evidence? What has companies done? What worked? What is, you know, what, what difference does difference make? What are the metrics? So it really takes everything from the past, present, and future of uh, gender intelligence and the uh, impact that that can have, and the how-to. So basically a toolkit for cracking the code on gender. Mm-hmm. Sounds great. Barbara, I, we could spend hours talking about this. You clearly devoted your life's work to cracking the code. So thank you so much for all your work in the space. As a woman and as an employee, I appreciate that. And uh, I would love everybody to check out your site, baainc.com. I'm assuming that's the best place to go. Absolutely, yes. And thank you for the, the great questions you asked. Oh, absolutely. It's just a, it's a, a fascinating subject, and, and hopefully it won't take us 500 years to crack the code. Yes. I hope not. Make sure we don't do that. <laughs> exactly. All right. And, th- and thanks to my producer, George, for another Pleasure. great show. And uh, right. join me right here for another edition of Purse Rings next Tuesday at 3. Until then, make it a great one. This has been a presentation of WebmasterRadio.fm, the world's largest business-to-business radio and podcast network. We welcome you to sample past episodes of this program, as well as our complete library of programs, on demand or on the air via our 24-7 live audio stream at www.WebmasterRadio.fm. The opinions expressed on this program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of WebmasterRadio.fm's management or sponsors. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without authorized consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited.